World's on fire. Our culture is disintegrating. Hey, pass the salt. It's time. It's time. Hey, you, pass the salt. You know what, why it's disintegrating? Because we're jellyfish. Pass the salt, will you? Pass the salt. Pass the salt, amigo. It's time. It's time. I think they could give us a new name. I believe we are Evan Jellyfish. Hey, will you pass the salt? Pass the salt. We need salt over here. It's time for Pass the Salt. Pass but we like to share the gospel without any backbone to it, see? The views, opinions, and seemingly outrageous comments expressed in this program are based on the Holy Spirit leading of a man called Coach. i got to ask you this out there, Christian America. It's time for Pass the Salt with a Coach, Dave Daubenmeyer. Well, I was burning the midnight oil late last night. You know me, I'm a go to bed nine o'clock kind of guy. And uh, I was on the sit report last night with Aaron and Daniel. And they asked me if I'd come on and join them. I said, sure, be honored to. And then they said, oh, great. 10 o'clock Ten, starts at 10 o'clock. What? 10 o'clock. Yeah. It goes for an hour. That'd be, wait a minute. That'd be like 11 o'clock, right? Like 10 o'clock, like 11 o'clock, like almost midnight. Is that what you're talking about? Yeah. Yeah. That's what we're talking about. So, dude, I go to bed at eight. I go to bed at nine. That's in the. That's you're doing a show in the middle of the night. But I did it. It was great, and uh, always doing the best we can to try to reach out new people, new folks, collect in as many as as we can. I was I was struck by something. I would get ready to pray here if you could, really quickly. I know you, know you are. I was struck yeah. by something. I was struck yesterday when Myra read her prayer yesterday. I'm going to kind of double back on that a little bit and. I guess kind of a theme that I'm asking, maybe asking here today is, uh, uh, is God all nice or is he partly mean? Or is God all mean and just partly nice? What is, what is all power has been given unto me both in heaven and earth? You know, you're going to read through the Bible and you're going to find a lot of things that God did that wasn't very nice. Especially in that Old Testament, man, he was he was killing people left and right in that Old Testament, wasn't he? Huh? But then we Christians we think that uh, Jesus Christ got born again. God got born again in the New Testament. He was, used to be really mean, but now he's really nice. And uh, we're confused. We're really, really confused about the nature of God. I want to talk a little bit about that today. I'll let uh, I'll let uh, Myra go ahead and pray us in, so I don't don't get on a roll and forget to do that. Go ahead, Myra. Yes, uh, Coach, I will be honored too. It is written, Psalm 37, 23 to 25. The steps of a good man are ordered by the Lord, and he delighteth in his way. Though he fall, he shall not be utterly cast down, for the Lord upheld him with his hand. <coughs> I have been young, and now I'm old, yet have I not seen the righteous forsaken? I've never seen the righteous forsaken, nor his seed begging bread. Never seen it. Yes. Young and old, never seen, never seen it happen. I'm sorry. Go ahead, Myra. No, it's quite all right. Jesus, you're welcome to Coach Dave Haddle, and we open our hearts to you. I unleash resurrection power, love, and joy to you. In Jesus' name, amen. Amen, amen, amen. Hey, real quickly, number A, letter A. I, I was trying to sing this yesterday, uh, Spencer. I didn't sing it very well, so I thought just I thought just in remembrance of yesterday's show, I'd play this for all of you, so it wouldn't be just me. Go ahead, dude. Yeah. 
Spencer, that's enough. That's enough, buddy. Kevin, I'm still standing, baby. I'm still yeah, standing. Yeah, yeah. Don't, you, don't you ever forget this, folks. What the devil meant for bad, God meant for good. I'm still standing. You're still standing. Thank God for the mess that we're in. Thank God for the God we serve. Thank God that we're walking through hell, and we're going to come out on the other side of it. And I want to encourage some of you out there, listen to me. Quit living in the past. Quit living in the past. Quit focusing on what happened to you, what they did to you. Somebody said this, and somebody did that, and then this happened. They say, hey, all things work together for good. You are right where you are if you believe that the steps of a righteous man have been ordered by the Lord. If you got off path, you got off the, uh, the, the, the clear highway, and you went down into the weeds, he was faithful to pull you back on course. And wherever you are right now, you are. That's where you are. Whatever you is, you is. And it is the reality of it. And rather than us griping and moaning and complaining and living in the past, it's a bright, every day is a new day, it's a new beginning. I'm a new creature in Christ. Every day, rise up, O men of God. Let's rise up. Let's rise up. Let's not go in a corner and suck our thumb. And uh, it's, it's that old adage we used to run out, I told you this many times, run out on the football field and players been hurt. And I'd get down, uh, I'd run out there and he'd be on the field and I'd, I'd, I'd get down to his ear, I'd whisper one thing. Are you hurt or are you injured? Because folks, those aren't the same thing. Those aren't the same thing. You can be butt hurt, not injured. If you're injured, we're going to get you some help. Are you hurt or are you injured? That's the question today. Boy, I got some stuff uh, I want to want to pop on you here real quickly. I wrote a commentary today. I'm not going to take time to read it. It's po- Jared will have it posted up there, and it's uh, um, appropriately enough entitled "I'm Still Standing." It's a little bit of a talk about the, uh, about what I went what I went through with the ACLU. Hey, folks. Hey, Goslin. You're tougher today than you were yesterday. You're in a better position today than you were in yesterday. Yeah, they hated you. Yeah, they took your money. Yeah, they lied about you. Yeah, but you're still standing. You're still standing. Yeah, Betty, you had a hell of a life coming up. Yeah, they did this to you, and they did this to you, and they did this to you, and then this happened to you, and they said this about you, and they said that about you, and they did this to you. Hey, Betty, you're still standing. No matter what no matter what happened, you are what you are. You are where you are, and you are still standing. So we got to continue to not let our past drag us by, but let us let our past propel us into the future. Had to get that out of me. Had to get that out of me. All right? Amen, uh, quit, Coach. Amen. Amen. Quit feeling sorry for amen. yourself. Quit, quit sucking your thumb and quit repeating what the, what the devil did to you. The devil's a liar. The, the Lord used it. Whatever happened in your life, he used it to make you what you are. That's the truth. That's, oh, Hallelujah. And if you're not what you're if you're not what you're supposed to be, then get what you're supposed to be. Huh? Take that baggage off. Get off those old dirty work clothes. Throw those things over, man. You're a new creature created in Christ. You're a new creature. Christ all behold all things have become new. Move forward. Quit looking in the rearview mirror. I always use that line too. That the automakers were smarter than Christians. Because they made a when they made a car, they made a great big windshield and a real tiny rearview mirror. Because it's so much more important where you're going or when you've been. Quit driving down the road looking in the rearview mirror. Huh? You're going to miss the scene ahead of you. Get over it. Get over it. Move forward. Thank you, Lord, that you took me through that. Thank you, Lord, that I overcame that. Thank you, Lord, no matter how much the devil tried to beat me down, I'm still standing today. Thank you, Lord. I've had so many screwy things come into my life. I've screwed up so much. Thank you, Lord. I'm still standing. And let's move forward from this place right now. That's what you got to do, man. That's what you got to do. Cause I got to tell you such, something. For such a time as this. The devil is running rampant, and there's going to be more casualties, more and more. If you think that you've been wounded up to this point, you ain't seen nothing yet. They hate you. They hate Christ. They hate the God you serve. They hate everything about you, and they're going to do everything they can to try to destroy you. But you're still standing. He said he'd never leave you. He said he would never forsake you. He said you go out into all the world. And you teach them to observe everything I commanded you, and they're going to hate you. You're going to be hated of all men, but I'm going to be with you. I'm never going to leave you. I'm never going to forsake you. I'm going to take you before governors and kings as a testimony against them. And think not what you shall speak, because when you stand in front of them, I'm going to tell you what to speak. You're going to open your mouth. It's going to be me speaking through you. You go ahead and do that, baby. You stand firm. You stand strong. The Lord says, I got your back. I got your back. Amen. Amen. Amen.
All right, listen, real quickly. I was going through the I was going to go through the calendar, although I don't have it up there. Everybody's got a lot of great plans. Quit sending them to me. Give Liberty Mel your email address and send them all through what? What's the name of that group? Liberty Action Network. Mel's going to try to start coming up with a daily action. A daily action. I got an email from Jeff Klein. They got a big thing going on in up in Mount Vernon on Saturday. You guys prepared to help with that? Other people got stuff going on. We have, a, have we engaged our SWAT team? Have we engaged our Air Force? Have we engaged our infantry? In every little battle, there's a battle a day that we could win. So, Mel, come in here real quick and tell us what's going on with Jeff or what we need to do. All right, great. Thanks, Coach. Hey, so I did receive Jeff's information. His his information is going to be on tomorrow's Today's Action. So I have a new one for today that I received from you yesterday. I'm going to go through that first, and hopefully as we get into this, we'll kind of make this a regular thing that we do. But Today's Action organizer is Ohio Special Forces. What I'm going to do is I'm going to protect people's names because I know that we get a lot of, you know, we get public on this site, so I don't want to create make a target out of anybody. But anyway, so... um. Oh, you're already a target. I know. I, I'm not talking about myself. But I get it. Go, go ahead. Situation. There are no political solutions in a spiritual battle. We must learn to fight in the realm where the battle is. Prayer, reading your Bible, staking and reclaiming land are actions in that realm. Another is singing. Stakeholders. Um, Psalm 51 says, create in me a clean heart and renew a right spirit in me. Today, we stake our own hearts and renew God's claim on our lives. Air Force, Prayer Force, pray Psalm 51 and 2 Chronicles 7.14. Infantry, action, join with other Christians around the world singing Amazing Grace every day at 12 p.m. out loud. Tell your friends, spread the word. The goal is to have 1 million people by August 1st and 10 million people by Labor Day. Okay, Bio, you're you're talking too fast. You're missing it. You want the people in the huddle and people who have given you their email. See, they should get this email, right? We shouldn't have to explain it to them. But we want everybody to begin at noon to sing Amazing Grace. Just sing it out loud wherever you are at noon. and get it to spread all across the nation. Go ahead, Mel. That's it. God will hear us if we cry out to him. Thank Can you. anybody do that? Can anybody sing no. Amazing Grace? How sweet the sound say direction. Like yes. Me. I once was lost, but now I'm found. I was blind, but now I see. Sing it. Out, sing, sing it out loud, wherever you are today at noon. Amazing Set your grace. alarms. Set your alarms. Set your alarm. Let's do it all at once as a praise and worship to the Lord. Sorry, Mel. You know how I am. Anything else? That's today's action. Noon today. Noon today. Amazing grace. Amazing grace. How sweet to sound. Saved a wretch like me. Huh? Here's what we're fighting against. Play number one real quick. Play number one, Spencer, so everybody knows what we're fighting against. Huh? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Can't pray before a football game. Can't pray before a football game because that would be forcing your religion on somebody, right? Can't, can't be doing that. Oh, no, no, no. Can't be doing that. Hey, Spencer, play this. Down to bottom. There's a, there's a little thing. Yeah, play it. Elmo. Elmo. <laughs> you were super duper today, getting your COVID vaccine, Elmo. Yeah, there was a little pinch, but it was okay. Elmo was really glad to have Daddy and Baby David there with him. Baby David, um, where are you? I had a lot of questions about Elmo getting the COVID vaccine. Was it safe? Was it the right decision? I talked to our pediatrician so I could make the right choice. <laughs> I learned that Elmo getting vaccinated is the best way to keep himself, our friends, neighbors, and everyone else healthy and enjoying the things they love. Oh, Daddy, oh, Elmo and baby David have a question. Oh. Can we have a hug? Oh, come here, son. <laughs> uh, Elmo loves you, Daddy. I love you, too. It's okay to have questions about COVID vaccines for your kids. Get the latest facts by speaking to your pediatrician or healthcare provider. What do you think about that one, Dr. Paul? I got to call my pediatrician and my healthcare to see if I ought to jab my little kid. What the hell's going on, Paul? What's going on? Uh, just keep in mind, that's how they make their living, those uh, pediatricians. They just believe the, believe the crap they were told in 74 vaccines before 18. 
First, yep. you walk through that door and they're stabbing your kid without even telling you, man. Well, Elmo's, Elmo's in on it. Elmo's in on it. Dr. Madej says she's getting better every day. She got a good. text this morning. Thank you. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Keep praying. Keep praying for, for Carrie. Listen, I want to make a point, but I got three hands real quick. Let's go. Joe Allen, go ahead. In a little town down here in Augusta, Georgia, they tried to do a Texas this this Friday. They protested against it and stopped it. Good. Uh, homosexuals sitting there praying around <laughs> children. Was That's on it. the news and everything. All right, Joe, you're heading. You're, you're, I, you don't know this, but you're taking me where I'm going. Go ahead, Rochelle. Tell us a story, not your life story. I just had a smart-ass comment. Instead of tickle me, Elmo, we're going to have clot shot, Elmo. Yeah, jab me, jab, jab me, Elmo, right? Jab me, Elmo. You know, I, I caught my, go ahead, Myra. Go ahead, Myra. Coach, uh, in regard to uh, the comment from Dr. Gosselin, Benny and I were at um, Dr. Mayer's, um meeting last night. And yes, um, uh, the comment from uh, Pastor Casper is that she's getting better by the day. And I have Psalm 92. It is good thing to give thanks unto the Lord and to sing praises unto thy name, O Most High, to show forth thy loving kindness in the morning and the faithfulness every night upon an instrument of ten strings and upon the psaltery, upon the harp with a solemn sound. For thou, Lord, hast made me glad through thy work. I will triumph in the works of the hands. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Let everything that have breath praise the Lord. Naomi, quickly. It's not just the pediatricians that can do things without your knowledge. It's the dentists and also the visiting um, doctors that come to the schools. Yeah, we get it. We get it. Those schools are the pits from hell. So that's that's where I want to go today. I I caught myself yesterday when Myra was, was praying us in yesterday. She uh, she read, uh, where did I put it there? Number six, Spencer. She read Ephesians 5. And, and uh, I, I found myself, I couldn't get away from it all day. Couldn't get away from it. Because this message right here in Ephesians 5 is the exact opposite message of what's being taught in our churches. Amen. It's the exact, uh, we, we have this complex where we're trying to be nicer than Jesus. Uh, we've made Jesus, we've turned Jesus into Mr. Rogers, speaking of Sesame Street. And to some guy, he's just, he's just the sweetest old man that ever was, and he wants you to come and sit on his lap and hug your neck. And maybe if you could, bring a, bring a lamb with you. Put a lamb around your neck and come up here and sit at Jesus' feet, because, boy, he just loves you so much. And I thought, how can that be when it says this? And have no fellowship. Now, hey, to hang on a minute. Somebody help me. Maybe you're better at English than me. What does no fellowship mean? No relationship. No fellowship. Relationship? Hey, Spence, go to Webster. What does Mr. Webster say about that? Hey, listen. Huh? Uh, Fellowship. Fellowship. Companionship. Society. Consort. Mutual association of persons on equal and friendly terms. Familiar intercourse. Association, confederacy, combination, partnership. Joint interest, company, state of being together. Frequency of intercourse. Fitness and fondness of festive, uh, festive entertainments. Communion, intimate familiarity have nothing to do. Wow. Go back there, Spencer. And have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. Now, friends, look, we know this. Every seed produces fruit. 
that's difficult for us sometimes to understand, that the word here, unfruitful works of darkness, doesn't mean there isn't fruit from the dark side. There's definitely all kinds of fruit. You see it everywhere you want to, right? Un- unfruitful means, well, look that up, Spencer. What's unfruitful? Something that is unfruitful. It's of no value, is what I would say, right off the top of my head. Not producing barren, not producing offspring, not producing good effects or works, unproductive, not fertile. But the devil has works. So the unfruitful works are produced. They are produced. And the word tells us, back to the word, Spencer, that we are to what? Have nothing and have no fellowship with the unfruitful works of darkness. But rather reprove them. Spence, what's it mean to reprove? Reprove. Got to go back to school. V-E. Reproof. Okay. Blame expressed to the blame expressed to the face. Blame cast. Censure directed to a person. Proverbs 12.1 says, He that hateth reproof is brutish. So let's go back to that scripture again. And have no companionship with the evil works of darkness, but rather go to their face and straighten them out. Now, would somebody do that different than what I just did? Would somebody do that differently than what I just did? But see, we're told in in America, uh, we're not to judge, we're to be loving, we're to be caring, we're to give grace. Giving grace ain't our job. Because look at this, my friends. It's a shame. It's a shame to even speak of those things which are done of them in secret. It's a shame to even talk about what they're doing in secret. Yet, we're sitting back, we're letting them do it publicly. But all things that are reproved or all things that are corrected are made obvious or exposed by the light. For whatsoever doth make manifest is light. When you expose the unfruitful works of darkness, you are letting that little light of mine shine. Amen. 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 Can I tell you something? People don't like it. The Bible tells men... Men hated the light. Men hated the light. Men hated the light. And it tells us when we see that darkness, correct them, reprove them to their face. It's hard, isn't it? It's a hard word. But the reason that I I seem to be so good at it is because that's what coaching is. I didn't have time in the midst of a game or midst of a football practice to call Johnny in my office and sit back, sit him down and rub his back and tell him what a wonderful little player he is and how much I loved him and that we had a wonderful plan for his life if he could ever learn to block and tackle. No, 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 no. I I reproved him first time in secret, and then I reproved him the second time publicly. That's what the Word tells us to do. Hmm? That's what it tells us to do. Because Why? Reprove, to reprove, that's loving, friends. That's loving. The Bible says, this is hard, this is hard. I'm just telling you what the word says. If your son is sleeping with your daughter, I'm sorry, sleeping with his girlfriend, shacking up with his girlfriend, Ephesians 5, 11 says, don't have anything to do with them. Is anybody reading that differently than me? Are we, are we to open our churches and invite in the unfruitful works of darkness? Are we to open our churches and invite in the homosexuals and the child molesters and the pagans and the, and the pornography? Are we, are we? 
What's been the message of the church? The Lord says this. We love to talk about the bride of Christ, and we're taught uh, we're taught in American Christianity that uh, the church is the bride of Christ, presenting herself spotless before the Lord. I, I don't necessarily agree with that, as you guys know. But uh, he let a bunch of sin into the church. Is the, is the bride spotless? Is she, is she spotless? Now, people say to me all the time, Coach Dave, speak the truth in love. Hey, friends, speaking the truth is love. It is love. I'm going to pause there again. Speaking the truth is love. Why? Jesus, God, is love. Jesus is the truth. The two are inseparable. If I see where you have fallen and I don't speak the truth to you, I don't love you. Anybody picking this up besides me? And so we come across as harsh and unloving. No, 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 no. To be harsh and unloving is to ignore it. To ignore it. Because it comes down to the saving of their soul. So you see that they've fallen and they're trapped and it's some insidious sin and you look the other way? That's not what it says. Maybe, I don't know, maybe Paul never maybe Paul never hung out with Jesus. I don't know. Maybe he's just making it up himself. But I'm going to tell you something. If we don't stand up and push back soon against these unfruitful works of darkness, they are going to override us. Amen. I got some good. I got some good stuff for you. I'm gonna. I'm gonna uh, open it up, and then I'm gonna. Then I'm gonna. I'm gonna double back. Come on in, James. Morning, Coach. Fellowship goes beyond the surface level, and it was uh, in the definition of fellowship. There's an intimacy there, Coach, that most of the church doesn't understand. They think that. Mm -hmm. You know, being part of or in a building with other believers is fellowship. That's not fellowship. There, there's a form of love there and intimacy that true believers share with one another. Amen. Amen. And it only comes through what? The speaking, spreading, the agreement on the truth. But we're afraid to even bring it up. Janine. Um, that fellowship, the reason why it's um, the church's or most of us, I guess, is because we have synchronized, paganized Christianity. Amen. That's Amen. It. How do you mean that, Janine? Well, you can't. If All right. People, I'm going to really tick you off. God says that he sanctified one day, not any other day. How can we put the ark before us? That's where it needs to go. You need to put the ark before you to have your prayers heard. Otherwise, they're just hitting the, the roof, I think. We can't synchronize with the world. We have to have the plumb line of the word of God. And in, we're, we're fellowshipping with the paganism. And we think it's okay. Janina goes back to this. Pagan Christianity. Much of what we do in the church is not Christian. It's hard for us to accept. It's hard for us to accept. But the truth is, much of what we do is not, <laughs> sorry, ain't Christian. Johnny, come on in. Johnny Burkeen. Johnny, Johnny, be good. Did you get home, Johnny? Uh, no, I'm in Virginia. I'm going to go see Ron in a, uh, a little while. But uh, Romans 11:22 tells us to consider the goodness and the severity of God. Hmm. The goodness and the severity. Behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God. Wow. Johnny, boy, that's a that's a balancing beam, isn't it? The goodness and the severity of God. Huh? That, the Bible says not to tempt. <laughs> you don't tempt the Lord. The sin of presumption is uh, I'm going to do it and I'll get away with it. I'm going to do it and the Lord will give me. That's a sin of presumption. Be therefore, behold, therefore, the goodness and severity of God on them which fell. Severity. But toward thee, goodness. If if you continue in his goodness, otherwise you shall be cut off. By the way, that's New Testament. Roger. Oh, I just want to chastise you, can I? Sure. 
we gotta we gotta do better in our music selection. <laughs> Ray, Ray Bolt's uh, beautiful ministry song, then said God made him gay. And the still standing song from Elton John, just remember that is written about he's still standing after he broke up with his sodomite lover <laughs> and then went to another lover. So we gotta get All right. we need a All right. we need a music selection department. Yeah, hey, Roger. hey, Roger, find another church. Find <laughs> another church. <laughs> well, but they, they've been all, but we want to be careful who we, we don't want to glorify any of those guys or gals. We just want to be yep. careful. Uh, yep, yep. I, ain't glor- I, I didn't glorify either one of them. <laughs> I, just but, played, I just played a song to make a point. Reggie or Dennis? Dennis. Morning, Coach. Uh, I'm going to change gears just a little bit. Uh, I sat in a meeting on Tuesday for my civilian job, and I know I'm preaching to the choir here, but we are the enemy to this government. We are, brother. They are listing listing every attribute that, you know, most of us in this queue hold near and dear as, you know, domestic terrorism. You know, uh, by definition, I am now an insider threat to the government. Amen! You know, and... and, And it pisses me off to no end that, you know, there's still other people that, you know, oh, because it came up from up on high and it filtered its way down to, you know, little old Ohio, that it's fact. It, yeah. it, it just, it's it's so unnerving to know that there there's people that, you know, this in bed with this government that just, it, it makes me sick. Amen. Amen. We, we would be surprised who they are for sure. Glenn, go. And Debbie. Yeah, going back to... Uh, Ephesians five eleven, uh, Coach, go 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 back down to uh, verse fourteen. Evidently, we have a lot of people asleep in the church. But put that in your vernacular. Well, let me find it here. Wherefore he saith, "Awake, thou that sleepeth, and arise from the dead, and Christ shall give thee light." So, Glenn, it seems to me there are a lot of Christians that are sleeping. Is that is that yeah, that's what, that's that's what it looks like. Huh? Well, you would pro- as a coach, you would probably say, "Hey, guys, wake up! W- wake up! <laughs> wake the hell up!" That's what I'd say. That's right. You would sleep. That's uh, because why? Because we are in bed in bed with the unfruitful works of darkness. Debbie. Well, I, this all goes with the book that I just bought by Todd Friel. I don't know if you know who he is. He's yes, I do. Yep. And- I just got his book called Judge Not with the X, red X through not. Um, and it's all about the church and how it's gone wrong. And and it says how a lack of discernment led to drunken pastors, peanut butter armpits, and the fall of a nation. And, <laughs> um, and it's all talking about righteous judgment. And, Amen. And so I... I don't know if you've got this book. If you don't, I'm going to send it to you. But Send it to it, me. I don't have it. Okay. Um, it. I mean, it's almost like I'm listening to you talk, only he puts in more Bible verses. But um, he, he talks about exactly this subject. We have to judge. We have to use our discernment. It's not the judgment mm-hmm. of what's going on around us or the people around us that's wrong. <coughs> he, you know, he talks about when we fail to look at ourselves. But Right, there is righteous judgment, and we have to take action upon that. So, hey, co- uh, folks, listen. Coaching is eighty-five percent reproof. Coaching is eighty-five. Kids would say to me all the time, "Well, how come you don't ever say anything when I do it right?" Because you're supposed to. You're supposed to do it right, and when you don't do it right, I'm going to reprove you. That's how you get better. If you don't tell them they're doing it wrong, they never know that they need to get better. Jeff and then Joanne, and then I want to I want to take you somewhere. Go ahead, Jeff. Coach, I was sitting here thinking this morning, you've been talking about you in 1999 and the, the football coach, Brad. Think of this morning, I want to acknowledge Ron Brock. Couldn't you imagine what he'd be doing today? The backflips that old guy'd be doing in that truck. Yeah, all yep. them years in that truth truck, six hundred thousand miles on one truck, breaking in the road in pieces, scooping it up with a front end loader, driving around D.C. around the Supreme Court building. I just thought of him this morning. It's like 
That old boy, he run the roads. Well, he, 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 was, he was all in, baby. He was all in. Joanne. Joanne. Yes, I found um, Hosea ten thirteen King James. It says, we have plowed wickedness. Ye have reaped iniquity. Ye have eaten the fruit of lies, because thou distrust thy way in the multitude of thy mighty men. <clears throat> These problems are all on us, aren't they? Ye have plowed wickedness. You have reaped iniquity. You have eaten the fruit of lies. Jeez, he cried because thou didst trust in thy way in the multitude of thy mighty men. Joanne, is that ever it? Is that ever it? Hosea. All right, I'm going to show you something here real quickly. Uh, hey, we're dudes. Uh, we're in the midst of it, man. Hey, Mark, we missed you this weekend, man. I hope you're feeling better. Um, uh, go down to where it says, uh, while the empire burns. I rarely do this, but I, this is, some of this is it's worth reading. Um, while the empire burns. We all, we all know this, fiddling while Rome burns. Hey, Spencer, I want you to go all the way down till you see a picture of Joe Biden's hands. This is really, really good. Put it in the chat so people can read it. Keep on down. It's really, really good. Really, Right there. Stop right there. Okay. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to read some of this to you. All right. I said, I said to my wife, and that maybe it was on the show the other day. I said, you know what? They don't even look like, they don't even look like humans anymore. They don't even look like humans. You know, earrings, green hair, tattoos, all on their faces. And it seems to me like we're doing everything we can to create something not in the image of God, something outside the image of God, a transformation of the human being into something he's not. It's right in the middle of us. So I, I came upon, uh, this is pretty long. We're, we're about in the middle. And this guy's talking about uh, 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 fiddling while Rome burns. Listen to this. As Biden spends his days in a dementia haze, falling off bikes, crapping his pants, smelling little children, pumping green energy fantasies, honoring mentally deranged LBTQs, and pretending to be president, while his handlers orchestrate everything he does, says or thinks, the country accelerates towards economic implosion, global war, civil chaos, and hardship not experienced since the 1930s. Everybody knows the 2020 election is stolen. Everybody knows we're on the wrong path. Everybody knows Biden is brain dead. Everybody knows Kamala is the dumbest human being on the planet. Everybody knows Biden's team are a bunch of incompetent diversity hires. Everybody knows bad things are going to happen in the next two years, which will require an entire chapter in history books if the world still even exists. Leonard Cohen wrote a poem. Everybody knows the dice are loaded. Everybody rolls with their fingers crossed. Everybody knows the war is over. Everybody knows the good guys lost. Everybody knows the fight was fixed. The poor stay poor, the rich get rich. That's how it goes. Everybody knows. Everybody knows that the boat is leaking. Everybody knows that the captain lied. Everybody got this broken feeling. Like their father or their dog just died. I keep being drawn back to the theory Neo promoted about Rome burning. Essentially, his Build Back Better plan, despite the nonstop parade of distracting events, narratives and false flag, the big picture has come into focus for me. What even I have considered conspiracy theory a year ago now makes perfect sense. I believe the entire COVID scheme, the mRNA concoctions were planned and coordinated by those constituting the invisible government as a slow-motion depopulation plan designed to reduce the government population. The most sadistic and insidious aspect of this depopulation conspiracy is the so-called vaccines that don't keep you from contracting, spreading, being hospitalized, or dying from COVID, pumped into the bodies of almost 5 billion people. Critical thinking doctors, not bought off by pharma like Dr. Paul, warned over a year ago about the potential side effects. They also warned about the potential impact of infertility. Most were banned from Twitter. Facebook for their views. Scrolling down. 
And even though the government, CDC, FDA, Fauci, Pfizer, Moderna, and their captured mouthpieces in, in, in the mainstream media lie and obfuscate, the data continues to mount unequivocally, proving these genetic altering spike proteins are causing hundreds of thousands of seemingly healthy people to die suddenly. Young athletes are dying. Families are losing their jobs. Life insurance companies are reporting deaths. Mike, turn your microphone off. Life insurance companies are reporting deaths at young age. Turn, can you turn it off? Thank you. Life insurance companies are reporting deaths at young age, brackets far exceeding what actually tables predict. And now studies are showing fertility rate declines in Germany going down. This Klaus Schwab. I'm not convinced of what seems to be a chaos coincidence in COVID insanity is coordinated by Schwab, Gates, Soros, et al., and created to remake the world in the image these tyrants desire. In the image of Lucifer, I might add. They want supply chain disruptions. They want food shortages, starvation in third world countries. They want an energy crisis where fossil fuels become too expensive to afford. They want mass shootings and a reason to take your guns. They want the cities to burn and murders to run free on the streets. They want financial markets to collapse and wipe out the middle class. They want decrease the surplus population by having the vaccines kill off billions in a slow, methodic manner. They are kidding with the slogans about you owning nothing and being happy. We are nothing but annoying parasites to these elitist overlords. They are at war with humanity and the vast majority of humans are too distracted by their social media likes, crypto accounts, sports betting, virtue signaling, techno gadgets to notice that they're being herded, corralled, and being led to the slaughter. Boom. Look at that picture of those guys holding those phones. Look at that. As I ponder these unthinkably diabolic big picture issues, I still have to live my life. Having been trapped working in my basement for the better part of two years and not being invited to anyone's house due to overrun VAC status, we haven't been traveling the highways and byways of Montgomery County for most of the last two years. And now that COVID has subsided, we've been invited to a few family gatherings, spent a weekend up in the Jersey Shore. Go ahead. Keep going. Go on. Look. My big picture, a view of the empire in flames, is confirmed by my observations on the ground. As I drove on Ridge Pike toward the Royersford area on Memorial Day, I was met with a consistent theme, a country in decay. Despite government passing trillion-dollar infrastructure bills, just as Obama did in 2009, the roads are third-world standard. Can somebody say amen? Can say, you guys ever drive down the freeway? Amen. Boom, 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 boom. Despite government passing that trail, they are uneven, crumbling, potholed, and patched. The sewer and water pipes below are leaking, decaying, and bursting. Our clueless leaders only know about it when it becomes a disaster. Scroll on down. And as we traveled the 10 or so miles on a once thriving route, you recognize a plethora of boarded-up, crumbling buildings, vacant strip malls, four lease signs dotting the landscape, once flourishing small market businesses, restaurants, bars, boutique, retail, independently owned gas stations, auto repair shops, numerous other formerly prosperous businesses. They're closed. They closed a decade ago during the great financial collapse. It's not a mistake that hundreds of thousands of small businesses were destroyed while the mega corporations like Amazon, Target, Walmart reaped the spoils. The mega corporations worked hand-in-hand hand with the globalist cabal and their government apparatchiks. You can easily determine what a size, what a society values by observing the businesses that are thriving and expanding. Wawa, wawa. We most certainly value our vehicles. As high-end car dealers abound and mega gas station food stores are spaced every three miles along the route, while you are spending $130 to fill up your $90,000 leased Range Rover, you can dash into Wawa and pick up a supersized Italian hoagie with a bag of Funyuns and 32-ounce Mountain Dew to wash it down. The only retail still standing are the national chains who are deemed essential and were allowed to stay open during the entire pandemic. This is good, folks. This is good. Do you understand what they're doing to us? Keep going on down. Keep going on down. This is long. I told you it's going to be long. Go on down, Father Spencer. Go on down. McDonald's calories goes through all this stuff. What they're doing. You can't pass a McDonald's, KFC, Taco Bell, Burger King, Chick-fil-A without seeing a long line of cars to drive through because walking into the store to buy your 1500 calorie snack would be too exhausting. The prolific number of these fast food outlets selling the most vile mass produced toxic sludge disguises food. It's the main reason for the proliferation of medical facilities designed to treat the fallout from Americans consuming this crap along with a mass-produced product 
uh, packaged foodstuffs sold at grocery stores. Oh, my goodness. The far, uh, I could go on. Go on down a little bit farther. Go a little farther. Hmm. My previous article, go back up there. My previous article detailed my observations of an hour on Wildwood Boardwalk. After spending a week at shop, my initial observation were confirmed. The obesity epidemic created by the corporate peddlers of toxic sludge fast food and manufactured food stuff is on full display. The obese are in heaven on the boardwalk as they have their choice of fried Oreos, funnel cakes, deep fried dough dipped in sugar, pizza covered in cheese fries, triple cheeseburger, and pure sugar disguised as lemonade. There's no shortage of misfits applied self-esteem at 250-pound females jammed themselves in bikinis and prayed on the beach and boardwalk for all to see. The self-mutilation with tattoos and piercings among the young and old is astonishing and leads to a relevant response. Why? Why are you doing that? It certainly isn't because they made them more appealing as 90% of the tattoos are hideous and 100% of the piercings are ghastly. Are they just following the herd? Are they trying to stand out in a world where they feel like a faceless, nameless cog in a machine? Do they want to self-mutilate as a cry for help? I don't know. But it's, but I, I, don't, I know, but I see it as another example of a society in rapid decline. Look at that girl in the bikini. The motels, hotels, and condos are filled. Rental prices have skyrocketed. Prices of property have doubled in the last three years. The beaches are packed. The restaurants and bars are overflowing. It reminds me of those scenes when the ocean mysteriously receded, and those unaware of what that meant ventured out to pick up the shiny sea cells where the ocean was supposed to be. They were clueless that a tsunami was about to descend upon them and end their lives in a torrent of waves. Destruction. Mm. Whether you choose an empire building or a tsunami, consequences headed our way. The figurative description does not do justice to what is happening, what will happen to this world over the next several years. Putting your head in the sand and allowing your normalcy bias or abnormalcy bias to keep you from seeing the facts will not save you. At this point, even the most prolific preppers may not have the fate of the unprepared. Economic and societal collapse combined with global war is not a recipe for a return to normalcy or a long life. So what are the choices? Well, we have no other choice than to keep on living and attempt to survive the biggest crisis in 80 years because that's how the fourth turning rolls. 65 million people died during the last turning, or about 3% of the global population. A similar death rate today would be 240 million people. With our advances in killing technology, along with a vax depopulation time bomb, and the potential for mass starvation in modern society descends into the dark ages. I'd take that. Uh, I'd take the over. Personally, I continue to provide for my family, write articles, and run my blog to warn those who are willing to listen and think critically, prepare as best I can a quarter acre in a suburban neighborhood, and try to enjoy my remaining time on earth as best I can. On Memorial Day, we didn't go to a big cookout or a huge gathering. We did what we've come to enjoy the most. We kayaked, hiked the trails surrounding the reservoir. Hmm. I'm going to stop there. It goes on and on and on. They're not even human anymore, friends. They're not even human. And sadly, we see many of our friends parading into powerless churches filled with other powerless Christians, looking around, looking up for their redemption draweth nigh, when in fact right before us is the very judgment of God. And the only answer to the solution is a reinvigoration of the gospel of Jesus Christ into the culture. But we won't do it because we're afraid we're going to offend somebody. We're afraid we're going to violate some law. We're afraid some judge somewhere is going to tell us that we can't do that on our job. We're we're afraid some superior employer is going to tell us that we can't do that. And if you think that we are going to alter the direction of this nation without a, a powerful return to the gospel of the kingdom of God, you, you are drunker than the Pope.
So we're at war. We're in a war. The question we all have to ask ourselves is, we sit here today on the last day of June. Who can believe that? Last day of June 2022. What will we be looking at a year from today? And I hear people say all the time, Coach, just share the gospel. Just get people saved. Coach, just share the gospel. Hell, we don't even do that. We don't even do that in our churches. Like I said the other day, or I've said several times, what is the gospel? What is the gospel? The average person, they couldn't give you the gospel if a gun was to their head. So we're in perilous times, baby. We've got to tighten our belt and earn our meal money. And as, I, as I said yesterday, and as I'm really kind of reiterating today, the truth of the matter is the tough times you have gone through has prepared you for the time in which you stand now. And listen, we can't pray for a soft life. We've had that for too long. Amen. We can't, we can't pray to be loved and accepted by everybody. That's not the way the gospel works. We're called the salt of the earth, the salt of the earth, the light of the world. Nobody hides their light under a bushel. No, you set it up on a hill where it shines bright and gives light into all the world. But they tell you you're not allowed to do that. This is a separation between the church and state. Keep your beliefs to yourself. Who are you to cram your religion down my throat? Folks, it's high noon, baby. It's high noon. Amen. And what we do now is going to make all the difference. Myra, come on in. Yes, Coach, uh, in regard to uh, faith in tough times, that's what it makes us stronger. That's what the Lord is using um, to make us stronger. So we read in Psalm 69, 33, that, um, oh, my God, I'm sorry. This time I don't have the Psalm ready, but Psalm okay. 69, 33 tells us, of that regard. Thank you. All right, Mel. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you, Myra. Thank you, Myra. I'm done. Somebody come in. I'm done. I'm done. See, listen. Hang, hang on a second. You're surrounded by cowards. You're surrounded by cowards. Boom. Right? God has not given us a spirit of fear but of power and of love and of a sound mind. Now, I got a sound mind. Men turning into women ain't normal. Somebody's got to say so, right? Showing uh, cross-dressers to children ain't normal. Somebody's got to say something. Getting so fat you can't even go up the steps ain't normal. Getting so fat, I'm sorry, that you have to have a motorized wheelchair to get around ain't normal folks ain't normal i know some of you have injuries don't get don't don't mix metaphors on me we're saying that we're at war we're ready to go to war (laughs) half of us would 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 melt do melt at the first sign of opposition go ahead myra i see you found it go ahead Yes, coach. Thank you so much. Um, Psalm 69:33. The Lord hears the needy and does not despise his captive people. Hallelujah. Amen. Well, I'm ne- I'm needy today, Lord. I'm needy today, Lord. I need you to smite some people, Lord. I need you to show up and straighten some things up, Lord. If you want to use me to do it, I'll stand here. I'm ready to help you. But Lord, I'm needy today. I'm needy today, Lord. I'm needy today. Randy. Coach, now you understand why all the teachings that futurize the kingdom, why they were so necessary. They had to take the church out of the fight, Coach. The the courage is not there because we win in the end. We don't have to fight. We don't don't have have to fight. We don't have to advance the kingdom. It's all because it's all a future kingdom in their, in their mentality. And, until that's gone, you can't even start this fight, Coach. Yeah, no, Randy, they think we win by forfeit. We think the other team forfeits on us, right? They used an illegal player. Somebody comes in, throws a flag, says, oh, oh, I was, oh he was ineligible. We, we win. That's how we think we're going to win the game. 
Huh? There's, ain't no, ain't no victory in that. Reggie. Coach, going back to weight. So I, I've never been this heavy. I've gained weight. And I will tell you, um, I've always told my children, I used to get them up early. They had a routine. I would say our bodies were made to work. That doesn't mean hard labor abuse. That means work, move. And they, the, the Luciferians have provided us great arena of the Roman mentality. They brought it. I mean, they've been practicing it for years. They feed us a lot of food. They promote sexuality. They promote violence. They promote drunkenness. They promote alcohol. They provide it to us at such cheap rates. So all we're doing is sitting around becoming stagnant in our faith, stagnant in our bodies. We're, we're overweight. And if that hurt people's feelings, I'm not trying to be insensitive. I get people have health issues, but a lot of people use it as a crutch. Yes, They use it as a crutch. Stop eating so much. <laughs> Seriously. Go for a walk. Go for a walk. <laughs> hey, I'm with you. I'm with you, Reggie. Oh, my goodness. I'm not trying. Hey, listen. Don't let me be the first one to cast a stone on this one, baby. But, hey, listen. It's all part of a pattern of behavior. Yeah, do, do, folks, they don't even look like people. They don't even look like people. The Lord knew what he was doing when he made skin elastic. Because bodies were never designed to look the way they look. It couldn't possibly have been. Jeff, come on in. Coach, you mentioned salt and light at high noon. That's what it'll be Saturday on the public square in Mount Vernon. They had about 60 of them up there last Saturday when we were at your place. So there'll probably be more this Saturday. Amen. Amen. Saturday, what time is that, Jeff? We're going to meet at Southside Dining for breakfast at 10 to get organized, and then we'll be on the square at noon, probably noon to 2, with the war wagon, be on top of all the signs. I got probably 70 signs, so we're hoping we can get everybody to hold a sign, get some people out of there. Hey, Jeff, yep. they're going to hate you. They're going to hate you, you know. Oh, yeah. Huh? They yeah they're going to hate you. That's, a, that's the promise. They're going to hate you. Yep. Hey, Spencer, I'm sending something to you right now. I want you to get it up. I want to finish with this today. Here we go. Hey, folks, yeah, have you noticed how much everything they try to do, keep the mouth of the Christians shut? Yeah, have you noticed it? Patriot, come on in, Kevin. Hold hey, Coach. Yeah. Coach, you ever walk through Walmart and feel like you're being stared at because you're the only normal-looking guy there? Yeah, I'm not even normal, but that, uh, I get what you're saying. Yeah, uh, it's people tatting themselves up. It's, it's unbelievable. It's unbelievable. I want to finish with this. Teddy Roosevelt wrote this. We all, we all know it, right? We all know it. This applies to the gospel. Let me get Joe Carrico in here before I get, get to this. Go ahead, Joe. I'm going to finish with this today. Um, thanks, Coach. When we look at, our, at, at the way God has worked in the past, it's two things. At key, key, key moments, he can change everything. Amen. He always does it through people. But he lets it go to the extreme edge. The Israelites at the Red Sea with Pharaoh and his hundreds, if not thousands, of chariots racing down on them. And then they and then Moses raises his staff. Without that action, the sea would not have parted. Amen. Amen. God just wouldn't open it up and say, Come on, God. <clears throat> yep, that's right. That's right. You gotta gotta speak into the mountain, then you gotta gotta move it. Teddy Roosevelt said this. Scrolled up a little bit higher, Spencer. It's not the critic who counts. Not the man who points out how the strong man stumbles or where the doer of deeds could have done better. I got I get that a lot. Not so much anymore. I used to get that from the pastors. I got sued by the ACLU. You know, coach, you know, uh, Romans 13, blah, 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 blah. The credit belongs to the man who's actually in the arena, whose face is marred by dust, sweat, blood, who strives valiantly, who errs, comes up short again and again, because there is no effort without error or shortcoming, but who knows the great enthusiasms, the great devotions, who spends himself in a worthy cause, 
who at the best knows, in the end, the triumph of high achievement, and who, at the worst, if he fails, at least he fails while daring greatly, so that his place shall never be found with those cold and timid souls who knew neither victory nor defeat. Noon today, Amazing Grace, singing out loud. See you tomorrow. God bless you.